for delivering material to a job site, Acadiana uses Hayes Dump Truck Services. Since 2011, Hayes has been moving heaven and earth to job sites all over Acadiana with their top-of-the-line dump trucks. Whether it's a huge landscaping job or a pre-construction site, Hayes has the manpower and equipment to move the materials fast-fast. You call, we haul. Dirt, compost, gravel, topsoil, fill sand, and limestone. Call Hayes right now, 852-8043. Hayes Dump Truck Services, where Jesus is Lord of this company. You're about to embark on a journey through the written word of God on subjects that deal with today. This is Brothers Just Searching. How you doing, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Brothers Just Searching, where we talk about God's word and current world events to educate and to edify believers of Jesus Christ. I was missing last week, but I'm back. Isaac Hayes. Welcome back. Thank you, thank you. Also, with my brother Anthony Hayes and hey. Aubrey Box, Ta-da. Bowen is the one missing tonight, guys. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's shocking, huh? Bowen's missing tonight. Bowen's out. I think he had to work. Um, when you, I'm praying one day, guys, that we are full time ministers. That would be nice. So we don't have to worry about another job. But I don't think you and I, Boogie's going to be um, ever in that predicament because we we help run a business yeah unless so, we get some people one day and unless Aubrey know. wins the lottery you know <laughs> mm, that might happen <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so so we know what you've been spending your money on now that dollar yeah you're trying to get uh, rich <laughs> well i would like to be a full-time minister that would be cool so uh that'd be like a spiritual lottery yeah <laughs> that is, that is you never know to, that is a good way to put it that yeah, I never thought about that. Spiritual yeah. lottery being full time ministry. That would be cool. That would, oh, yeah. I wish I could. But anyway, let me go ahead and make some announcements before we get to our guests tonight. Um, if you want to go ahead and find us on the web, you can find us at brothersjustsearchingpodcast.wordpress.com. Right. Right. Has all our information on there, all our newest episodes, and everything that's going on. You can also find us on Facebook at Brothers Just Searching. Um, you also find us on Twitter, uh, Brothers Just Searching Podcast as well, I believe. And um, you could find our episodes on Apple, Google, and Spotify, and Anchor. And you can also watch us on YouTube every Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. Um, guys doing great and marvelous things, getting some good reports from the podcast. Um, I, I think we're getting a lot of people asking us to do another series. So we have to think of doing another series. Um, the Daniel series was one oh, of the greatest yeah. ones we had fun doing, yeah, yeah. and um, that's one of our favorites. So we're gonna have to go ahead and dive into that again. But I haven't been part of a series, but uh, I'd be excited to, be, to join cool. y'all in that. It's cool. A lot of studying, though. Yes, Ooh. a lot of studying. The Roman Empire uh-huh. was bloody, and they always liked to fight. Apparently, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, just, man. I'm just saying. They, they they didn't have much to do back then. Huh? Apparently, they were bored. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but anyway, Aubrey, I'm gonna go ahead and give you the honor of introducing our guest tonight. All right, and yes, the honor is mine. So uh, today we have a very special guest with us. So this this author and um, podcast host host and um, <laughs> writing coach and so many more things that I couldn't <laughs> add to the list. She has. Um, she has been on a podcast, her own, Dropping Gems, where she helps others to keep progressing in writing and publishing. 
She's also the author of the Mixed Girl series, the first book of which is Poor Little Mixed Girl, which was uh, published in December of 2020. There are now three books, and she's working on a fourth. So this special guest that we have today is La Monique Mack. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? Thank you for having me. Excellent. Good to be here. Yeah. No, no, so glad. I, I'm going to go ahead and butcher up your name. So I'm just going to call you Miss Mac. Is that okay? Oh, or, that's yeah. fine. Um, so Miss Mac, uh, you reached out to us a while back uh, through Facebook. And um, ever since then, we've been wanting to get you on. Um, you're the first, uh, I don't know if that's an honor, but you're the, also the first woman to ever be on Brothers Just Searching. So yep. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so you made history. You made history. <laughs> the first of the year and the first woman. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and, and yeah. You, hit, you hit us right at a good time, too, because at the time of this recording, we uh-huh. have hit two years going strong for Brothers Just Searching. Our two-year anniversary was last Sunday or last yeah. Saturday, January yeah. 7th. Yeah, mm-hmm. so. yeah. So you, congratulations you, that, that's consistency and i know it takes a lot to be consistent with the podcast oh yes oh, yes it yes, is ma'am. so Oof. so uh miss mac i got a question um tell us a little bit about yourself and uh tell us a little bit about your books okay well my name is lamonic mac obviously and i'm an author and a publisher and most recently i picked back up on podcasting and what i do is i help people get their books out of their heart and mind and into a sellable format. I started off writing strictly Christian how-to books. And when the pandemic hit back in um, December of 2020, the Lord put it in my spirit to go ahead and write my story. And, And that was kind of born out of the fact that I was helping other people clients when they would come to me and I would, I would do like developmental editing and helping them to like bring their story to life. It was a lot of memoirs and, you know, they they would have like these like overcoming stories from tragic to triumph. And I thought, you know, I've got something to say. And the Lord put it in my heart to go ahead and write these books. And I let him lead me, you know, each step of the way. Things he told me to leave out, I left out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he caused me to forgive people that I didn't realize, you know, going back in time in the recesses of my mind, I realized I was holding things against some people, you know, from my past and all those feelings just like they just came up when I was writing and it caused me to have to go to him. And uh, I was actually listening to Dr. Charles Stanley. Do you guys listen to him? Yeah. Folks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. And he really broke down about forgiveness and um, that while I was going through that and, and that helped me so much. So, yeah, my books are really for I wanted when I was writing them, I just like I, I wanted to do whatever God wants it to do. Right. And I believe it's yeah. going to touch. Um, you know, I grew up um, a, a biracial in the 70s and 80s. So that was kind of a hard time to be a biracial child, even though I was in the north. It still was on both sides, you know, black and white. Wow. And besides that, I was adopted. Uh, my mother. My biological mother turned into uh, a prostitute. She left me with the babysitter, who the lady was my babysitter. She left me with a black woman who was my babysitter. And I was always told, you're the daughter of a whore. And so my story is, I mean, I I knew my father because she turned into that after she had me. (laughs) But um, my story is you don't have to be what they said that you would be. 
Right. And right. you can overcome right. by the blood of the by the word of the um, you know, by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. But I present my books in a secular way where if somebody's kind of in that, if there's like a teen that's in that, or maybe even a parent who doesn't realize the type of abuse they're putting on their child, they would still read it. And eventually, if they continue to read my books, they will be introduced to the Lord. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I like the idea that uh, if you really understand your story, then you have a chance of changing it for the better. Yeah. Mm. Wow. You know, uh, it's amazing, like, you know, when you write, you know, uh, you know, a lot of people don't realize when you're a fictional writer, you know, they think it's all fictional, you know, but they don't realize there's some things in your life that really happen for real and you just put it in there. So I was telling somebody the other day about some books. I said, did you know the certain writer, he was inspired by this and he was inspired this in his life and he just put it in his fictional writing. They're like, oh, wow, we never knew that because most people when they read a book, they get caught up in the film or the book so much that they don't know the story behind, you know, the the writing, you know? Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I, I just wanted to say that um, I, I bet it was a, a strengthening process writing your books and uh, just finding out that, that you had these different areas in your life where you may have not been complete, like uh, having to forgive some people. And it, it was uh, a, a building process and a, a repairing process. And it, uh, definitely was, it was like therapy, although I'm not a person that's probably going to go sit down and, you know, have <laughs> therapy. But, but it was therapy with me and God working this book out. Oh, yeah. And my definitely. husband told me he feels I'm less angry now that I, that I got it out. <laughs> hey, that, that's a miracle. <laughs> you got a hobby, huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so your, your, your first book, you, you said, is a little, a little mixed girl. And I see from the questionnaire right here that you ha it's an autobiography. Um, why, you know, as an author, you know, you, you want to try to make the story entertaining but at the same time have a life uh, point to it what made you go that way of making like an autobiography but but putting it into a fictional story and uh do you use your real name or how does that work for that part what i well there's a few different reasons um number one i still wanted to honor my mother who raised me right and um so i i took and you know i, I changed people's names well with my um my mother i diverged characters so, you know, I had her being good, like the one who was called my mom in the book, she's always good. Mm. And then oh, I wow. just made a whole nother character to do mm. the, the bad stuff that she did. You know, and That's some, really of, it was, sweet. some That's... of it was that, me wanting to preserve that. And the other thing was, I really wanted it to be a page turner. And sometimes also, you know, we were talking before the show started about writing to market. This wasn't heavily on my mind at the time, but now I'm glad I did it this way. A lot of people want to write their memoirs. They want to write a biography. But what you really have to go look at is in any genre that you want to write in, you need to go check Amazon and see what are the other books that are in the top 100 in that genre. And mm -hmm. if you go look at autobiography, it's going to be stars and people with some terribly horrible stories like they were locked in the basement for five years and then they were <laughs> released. You know I mean? if, if you yeah. want the book to sell now it's some people just want to get the creative out they don't care about all that but i'm saying if you want the book to sell you need to look at the numbers and then i when i was working with my own clients 
I, I found this way of writing that's like screenwriting. Like what keeps you glued to a movie, what keeps you glued to episodes week by week. Um, I, I found direction in that. And it keep, makes your book a page turner. And I felt like if I turn my book into fiction, I could outline it into a, real, a page turner. Mm. Oh, yeah. You see, well, you like me, really capture their interests. Right. Yeah. Well, you see, like me, for example, when I wrote my uh, The New Kingdom, like I noticed when I read novels, I like I'm not a long conversational type person. I'm like, I say what I got to say and I'm done. And, uh, yeah. and so when you read my story, a lot of when people took when they said, why well, when we read your story, said we could tell that's you because that's how I am. You know, I mean, I get to the point. And I, I noticed that in movies or watch like people watching movies or reading books, they get more into the action than anything else, like fighting scenes or action, you know, conflict. The struggle. You know? Yeah. And I noticed that. So that's what I try to do when I did when I wrote my books. I tried. I talked a little bit, you know, in some conversations, but I kept it to a certain amount. You know, and I made it where the people want to keep turning the pages. You know, I kept them on the ice kind of going or the, uh, the iceberg yeah. kind of flowing. So that's what I try to do with my writing because I know people get really into that. You know, You're natural in that way. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And so, uh, w w with what you just said, Boogie, I wanted to ask you yeah, a yeah, question, Monique. Uh, I wanted to say, whenever you went from book one to book two. How did you progress through that, and and how did you uh, decide to to continue the story? Was it just as you uh, as you lived on, and as you experienced, and as you uh, learned new lessons? Well, the story is chronological, so it starts with me um, from elementary into becoming a young adult, mm. and you kind of see because of the way I was raised that um, I begin to make some bad decisions mm -hmm. as the book as the book series progresses. And then you start to see um, if you make those type of bad decisions as a young girl, what can happen, you know, in your life. But what the way I ended up with a series is I, number one, I started learning. I know Anthony and I were talking earlier. We like to just really glean information and then put action to it. And so that's kind of what I had been doing. And I learned that a series was a good way to go to um, market books. Mm. So, <clears throat> you know, instead of one big old book that takes you five years to write. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> write one book and then, in the, and, then leave, and then leave it, if it's an e-book, leave a link in the back or, you know, if it's a paperback, let them know what the next book is. And then they just kind of go through the books like that. Yeah, so yeah. Opening one door and another. Mm -hmm. And then... It's like, um, I have an issue sometimes. Well, the enemy will try to make me not finish things, but if mm -hmm. I know God told me to do it, I should do it, right? So what I did is I went on Amazon and I set up pre-orders every four months because I need somebody to hold me to task. And as a writer, I don't punch a clock. Like there's nobody cracking the whip <laughs> saying, you, you got to get booked no, It's just you whenever get, you, you get know. to it. So if you put in a pre-order and people buy the pre-order, I mean, how embarrassed are you going to be right. if, the book, <laughs> right. if the book doesn't come out and Amazon has to refund them your money? And then Amazon right. will put you on a one-year penalty mm -hmm. from doing pre-orders. So <laughs> I put myself to the task and every four months I had to have a book out. Oh wow! Talk about some motivation. Wow. We yeah. see. I uh, kind of like, uh, like for example, one the guy who wrote uh, the Games of Thrones. For example, he he wrote all the books, 
And then when the last book was coming out, everybody was like, "Oh, we want the book, we want the book." And he heard, they heard him uh, instead of writing the book, he heard him coming up with a a script, or this a, 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 like a story out of thin air. And then everybody gets mad. So, so the best thing to do when you're writing books is to finish it completely, and then yeah. you know, then make it into films well, and or also, whatever. What's also good, yeah, it's better uh, when you do it that way. Miss Mac, let me know if you agree with me on that. A series, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, when you read it, you and you drop, you you finish the first book. You you can't wait to read that second one, and like you said, yeah. it grabs you. So, I, to be honest with you, I think that in the way you the way you say you write a book almost every four months, or so. So you always have to have that creativity to keep the keep the reader um, wanting more at the end of that book. I, I remember, look, I, I like the Lomar series. I don't know if anybody knows that about the cowboy in Nevada. He's a sheriff, whatever. After I read the first book, I couldn't wait to get the second book. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was so upset because the library didn't have the second book. <laughs> so you get what I'm saying? It, the ser- a series really captivates you. It really keeps mm-hmm. you... Yeah. Yeah. And that's just mm-hmm. not on books. That's on television and all that as well. But Definitely they do that with the movies, for sure. Yeah, they, they oh, keep yes. you, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, yeah. It, it never finishes whenever it ends. There's always <laughs> something that's left undone. Somebody <laughs> came back from the dead, something. <laughs> yeah. The well, Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah. Well, what they call that, uh, cliffhangers. They always leave you on a cliff, yeah. Mm-hmm. I did that in book one, and I had a lady give me a bad review for leaving a cliffhanger. She was really upset about it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> really? Oh, I love cliffhangers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love the cliffhanger, and, and um, I had like... A, some built-in audience, like people supporting me in my local writers guild and things like that. And I I probably had more liberal-minded people reading the book and they probably were a little bit surprised <laughs> <laughs> at the end. I mean, you know, at the time I was, like I said, I wasn't, I wasn't a Christian when I was growing up. So right, even though right. I went to church, even though I went to church, but I didn't have my own real personal relationship. Oh, but I, I understand but I, that. But God always, we, me and God always had conversations. He always let me know that I was his. And so what happens is I became a teen, a pregnant teen. Mm, wow. Everyone around me was trying to force me to have an abortion. Wow. Everyone mm. around me. And so in, in the book, I kind of fight against that. And I take what's a different stand, stance on what's popular you know, right now. And mm. so some people were a little bit thrown off by that because they didn't expect that because you don't really see that. You don't really see that in mainstream a lot. You see, right. you know, something else. Well, uh, you know, the Bible, you know, if you look at the Bible, Jesus uses parables and I'm really bothered. And I know people have their different views. Some Christians have their different views and that's them. But I'm really bothered when I hear some Christians say, well, you cannot use fiction. You know, fictions of the devil, you know, because it's not true, you know. But yeah. the thing is, Jesus used stories. Jesus used okay. parables. And so I, I'm, I'm like, I'm amazed. I understand there's some things in the Bible that some Christians do, you know, and it's not in the Bible. I understand that. But stories and parables are in the Bible. So it yeah. is packing our society, you know, like the Harry Potter series and all this stuff. Look how powerful fiction is. You know, it got thousands of kids into Satanism or in, into interested in witchcraft. So, you know, we can use that, you know, for good, positive thing if we do it right. You know, look at C.S. Lewis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. C.S. Lewis, uh, John Bunyan, you know, uh, Pilgrim's Progress, you know, and, there, you know, you can use that, yeah. you know, 
and you watch people you know sometimes you got to watch the people watching the films or reading the books and you see that i don't like to use the word hypnotism but it's almost like that it's like they're glued oh, yeah. to it and it's, it's some, it has that power you know i was hearing a, a preachers i was hearing a, 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 a woman talk about that one time she was saying how the powerful stories and i took it for vantage you know i was like oh i'm just writing the story and then when god showed me the power of the story and i realized wow it's more important bigger than than me pretty much you know so yeah now now yeah. miss mac you were talking about your um your struggles with you growing up and you, you it's laid out in the book um but you, you you mentioned something to me about you just mentioned about abortion and they, a lot of people try how was that like because you know i hear i hear uh, being a uh, being a christian and also being a conservative uh, mm -hmm. i deal with a lot of liberals and a lot of people that uh, lean more to the left when they yeah. say well it's the woman's body it's the woman's choice mm -hmm. and all that and how how was that trying to make that that decision because we don't really hear that side of a woman really going through that yeah. well if you well, don't like, mind like i said i don't know my experience is like the people who think that way you know on the left even though i grew up as a democrat but growing growing up um at, at the in the 70s 80s maybe even the early 90s you still have what was called moderate Democrats and a lot of African Americans who are older, they really were conservative, mm. but for had conservative values, but for some reason they would always vote. <laughs> <laughs> they would vote for the ones against it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. They would always vote the other way. Mm. But it was just because I like I said, I had these conversations with God all the time. And I knew deep within me that God did not you know, that I, like, I, you know, I was like, I could go to hell for this. I don't know. This is not right. You know? Mm. And I mean, everybody turned on me. My, my mother, you know, she said I had to get the abortion. My best friend told me the same thing. My, my father, my mother had let me, my mother who raised me and adopted me. She had started letting me have a relationship with my biological father who was lived in town. And that meant a lot to me, you know, and I didn't grow up with him. So it's almost like, you know, with your mom, you can kind of have these spaz outs and, you know, she'll still love you. And, you know, but mm -hmm. with my father, he was almost half a stranger. So just being around him was like, I don't know. So it's different. You know, I was um, happy to be around him. And he told me, he said, if you don't have this abortion, you're not my daughter anymore. Wow. wow. Mm. Yeah. And he said, so, I mean, I don't know where that strength came from. I was 16 years old, you know, so I don't know where the strength came from, but I, you know, it just, the inside, the spirit inside of me, I, you know, I was like, no, I'm not doing that. So what say. was it like, um, a fear of doing something that you thought was wrong or did you also have a sense of uh, promise that if you did have your kid that the Lord would bless it like was well, there I really didn't have that because I didn't grow up with a lot of talk about blessings of God I didn't learn about that until you know the faith church we learned a lot about that <laughs> but, <laughs> Growing up in a Baptist church, it's just like, God going to get you, you know? <laughs> so, you better watch out. I just, I just was like, I don't, you know, nothing y'all can do to me is worse than me getting in trouble with God. And then also the father of the child, you know, I thought I was in love with him as a teenager. And he, of course, didn't want me to do it either. 
But um, I mean, they tried everything because I was born with heart defects because my mother did drugs when she was pregnant with me. And is, mm-hmm. and we have some sort of um, like family history of heart issues on top of that. Mm-hmm. So I was born with all kinds of heart defects. So, I mean, they were scaring the, baj- you know, the daylights out of me. They were like, um, you know, they may have to stop your heart. They've never had a patient like you. You might die trying to have a baby. You know, mm-hmm. I mean. Everything wow. was against me. And I'm like, I don't care what y'all say. I am doing this. Do you feel do you feel that the enemy was trying to stop your the birth of your child uh, at that time? Because I, I don't know what your child does now, but the, your your experiences is is influencing young people. And do yeah. you think the enemy was trying to stop that influence that you would have on young people with your books? Probably. I mean, the enemy came to steal, kill, steal and kill, you know, like my my daughter, she's now married because um, I was a teenage mom. So she just turned 30 this year. Oh, wow. She's my age. That's, so, hey, that's young. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she's married. She has three children. I mean, those children would not be here, you know, if she wasn't here and they all have purposes. You know, and I later learned, you know, that God knitted us in, in his in our mother's womb. He formed us and knew us with a purpose. And so, you know, I'm so glad that I I took that stand. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I want to ask you a question. Um, when you wrote your books, like, uh, did you ever feel like uh, I mean, uh, everybody goes through that, you know, mostly authors, you know, you know, like when you're writing this book or you're writing, would you have, did the devil ever try to like uh or yourself get ever discouraged like will this book ever make it will will it impact people i mean will it will it will it will it make it you know did you ever had that thought you know kind of when you're writing did you did uh, then a little better did you ever feel the enemy saying look it's not going to do nothing why are you right. wasting your time doing it basically and add on to that I, I really didn't not about sales or it's not going to do anything. But what I did find myself was just, like I said, going through all those emotions and falling into comparison because um, within the family that adopted me, I had a cousin who was adopted into the family and she had written a book. And then this just happened to happen um, at the same time. Like she had just put her book out um, like maybe a month before mine. And when I read her book, which I knew that she came from a great family, you know, but when I read her book, it was just like this awesome experience. She's just thanking God that she was adopted. Everything was wonderful. You know, it, it was not like she was, you know, abused, berated, you know, like I was. And I was like, oh man, should I even write a book like this where I'm, it's not happy. I'm not, you know, she sounds so thankful. And I just, you know, mm-hmm. so it was like this comparison thing. Well, um, I, I think there's, more people that have to go through a, a really bad struggle to to get uh to get the blessings to to reach the blessings rather than uh people just having having it given to them at whenever whenever they're uh whenever they enter into a, a good family so yeah. you you really get to uh to share the the struggle with everyone that's list, that's reading your book and that has similar situations. So even though uh, you were comparing to her book, y'all both have a different audience. Yeah, that's true. 
So, so, so I want to ask you a question. You, you, at the beginning of our show, I don't know, Jordan Prep, you said that that was going to be in book number four about how you you were introduced to Jesus Christ, and I hope it's not going to be a spoiler to the people that are watching. But could you tell us your salvation testimony of? Okay. You know, because we we hearing um, you you bringing out the books from when you was elementary school, you got into your teenage years, um, being a teenage mom and fighting off a lot of things that were happening. But what what was your salvation uh, testimony, Miss Mac? Okay. Well, what ended up happening with me? I grew up in the church in the Baptist church, and when I was about nine years old. Um, my mom said I was at the age where I was supposed to go up there and get baptized. And I was like, okay. You know what I mean? Like, it meant nothing to me. Yeah, <laughs> just going with it. Like, <laughs> you just, I'm get nine, wet. it's time to get baptized and shake the pastor's hand. And now I'm a member of the church. You know? And so <laughs> I really, I was in a church all my life. Like, I went to Sunday church, school, Sunday service, Wednesday service, and yet was not saved. Mm. And um, when I turned 16, I became pregnant and I knew how my church was about, you know, teenage pregnancies. And so I stopped going until after I had the baby because I thought, oh, it's OK now because, you know, this baby it just appeared. I don't know. I have it. <laughs> <laughs> and when I came to church the first time, the first way they greeted me was mm, 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 judgmental. Mm hmm. What you doing with that baby? You're just a baby yourself. So I left the church and I never went back. <laughs> and right. I just would started having like more of this party lifestyle. And I ended up having like big disagreements with my mother to the point where um, me and my daughter were homeless and I was in a homeless shelter. And when I was in a homeless shelter on Wednesday night, sometimes we would have like church and a lady came um from a Baptist church, but it was a different type of Baptist church. It was a first Baptist church. And she came and she talked to us about salvation. And she was, you know, just, just talking about the Lord. And I said, for the first time ever, I started questioning my whole life. Like, okay, I'm homeless. And while I was homeless, I lost my job. Like, it was like everything, you know what I mean? I was like, what is life? I was at this point, like, what is life? What do we live for? You know, mm. that's where I was. And she, she was talking to us about that, but I wasn't ready. And so then um, I ended up becoming a roommate with a friend of mine and it, like leaving that shelter soon after that and deciding to roommate with a friend of mine. And one day while we were doing what we do, you know, drinking and doing what we do, there was a knock on the door and it was like the Jesus people, you know. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> But I, but see, I never knew about Jesus people knocking on the door. I felt like it was, you know, I put them all in one category, mm -hmm. like Jehovah Witness people. You know, you're just you're knocking on my door, go away. <laughs> but it, it happened to be, and her name was Bonnie Ryle. I told her that I'm going to put her in my fourth book, but her name was Bonnie Ryle. So she was the lady who was at the homeless shelter. So because it was her, I was like, oh no, that's Bonnie Ryle. Let her in. Yeah. So yeah. we opened up the door. We let her in. She had two men with her and they were praying for us. And we were we weren't ready to accept the Lord yet. And so she said, well, can I come pick you up? Now this lady, you know, she was a Caucasian lady. We um, we had a Hispanic and, and African-American people in that apartment. And it was a, probably a totally different neighborhood. You know what I mean? Than where she was from. But she was like, I'll come and pick you up. 
And so she came and picked us up and she took us to her church and my, me and my friend, and they called and they said, would you like to know that you can die and go to heaven, that you're going to go to heaven when you die? And I was like, that was a new concept to me. Like, you can know that. You know what I mean? Like, I just thought you had to figure it out when you meet Jesus, either yes or no. You know. <laughs> and, then, she, and she said, no. And, they, and so they said, close your eyes and put your hand up. And me and my friend, now let me tell you, this was like a, she told us, come as we were, because I didn't even have church clothes anymore because I had been living this party life. So right. me and my friend, we had um, overalls on. We had gang colors on. I wasn't necessarily in a gang, but I was friends with people in gangs. And I would wear things that represented their color. We had bandanas tied around our head. <laughs> like we were just so hood. And so and they said, <laughs> and they called and they said, they said, oh, you know, if you, if you would like to know Jesus Christ is your savior and like to know you're going to heaven, raise your hand. So we both raised our hand. We didn't know though, because our eyes were closed, but Bonnie was watching. And so he said, now I want you to take another step. I want you to be brave and come on up here. And I thought, I'm not going down there in front of all these people. You know? <laughs> and so I didn't go. And then Bonnie said, she said, didn't you guys raise your hand? And and my friend said, I thought she was supposed to have her eyes closed. <laughs> 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 she says, well, I'll walk down there with you. Mm-hmm. And so she walked us up there. And then you got these two girls with these overalls on, Timberland boots and gang rags on their head walking up there to the front to receive Jesus Christ. Wow. What a testimony. <laughs> yep. And, 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 you know, you know, it gets me, Miss Mac, you, you were just talking about it. You know, you hear a lot of Christians, they say they want to reach the world. They want to touch the laws. They want to, this lady, this precious soul went yeah. meet you in a place that nobody else will go. Mm-hmm. Nobody. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It just, it, it, it stuns me, you know, because yeah, I guess even we've done it already. God tells us to go into the worst part of town, and we're like, "There? <laughs> oh, what about yeah. the, what about the good people? You know, the good side of the, the you know, in our in our uh, the rich side of town. What about them? You know, they can give us good tides and everything. But Jesus really went for the ones that were the outcasts. Mm-hmm. He he did not go for well, he went for them, but uh, but. He really focused on the ones that were outcast. Nobody cared about. Everybody thought they were just worthless and they they couldn't be used. But God used that woman. Went to a part of town where no one thought about going. Mm-hmm. And God's using you today for for what her mm-hmm. testimony of bringing you to the but Lord. What does the Bible say? One plants and the other waters, waters. and the other brings the increase. Yep. I called and told her about my books. Now, I told her, don't read these ones because these are secular. But I told her, number four, (laughs) I am sending it to her. (laughs) So, Ms. Mack, I got a question on that. uh, Because would you label your books as Christian books? Still, I would. I mean, I've been number one in African-American Christian fiction. Um, So I Mm. I would, like, wherever there, I mean, there's um, the bad word, like, for donkey here and there yeah okay. yeah yeah mm-hmm. um the king james version <laughs> we were in the middle of a shootout and i'm using the verbiage that we use but instead of the whole word just the first letter with you know a bunch of asterisk asterisk you know yeah um it's pretty clean you know for fiction and it's um and I, like i was on the n word is in there a lot because that's the dialogue that we use you know yeah right. so you made it real right yeah, yeah. um 
And I was afraid about it. My husband was like, honey, these kids here are way worse. Because <laughs> I'm used to writing strictly how, before this, I wrote how-to Christian books. You know what I mean? So, yeah, so this yeah. came after that. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I'm like, why so, have you got the N-word in there? You know, my <laughs> husband was like, listen, <laughs> these kids here are way more stuff than that. Yeah, it's really gonna grab their attention. No, 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 no. Good, but I like how I like how you're putting it. You're showing what the world was, right? Yeah, you're not glorifying. Yeah, you're not it, glorifying you know? because yeah, I see a lot of Christians, and look, I'm a youth pastor right now, and I'm seeing that in young children that a lot of these kids all what the world has. They, you know, we're we're, we're Christian kids. We um. We're always good, but boy, I wish we could do this. Or I wish we could do what our friends are doing. And but yeah. and then they, they look at it as a good light. And I'm not saying that these kids are bad. Just I look, we were all teenagers at one time, right? Right. And we all did the same thing. Well, well, our friends are doing this, but we can't do this because we're supposed to be Christians. And I think that's why a lot of kids that are in the church fall away as well because. Uh, a lot of a lot of churches want to shelter the kids. That, they want to talk about sin, but they don't want to show them what sin is. And I'm okay. not getting too graphic. You get what I'm saying? But this yeah. trying to explain what sin is and how bad it is, and and they hide that. But I, I see you did you did something totally different in your first three books. You went ahead and showed them this is what sin did, and this is what it did mm-hmm. to me. But the thing that changed me mm-hmm. was not the the drugs or the alcohol or the partying it was jesus christ that changed me mm-hmm. at that moment when i went down to that altar and asked him into my life mm-hmm. for sure and you know recently i like i networked with other authors and recently i was interviewing an author and she told me her daughter who was a teen had become a fan of my books wow yeah because even though i wrote them for teen and ya um, a lot of mostly adults have been reading them. Mm. And so I was really happy that someone young and she said that her daughter had used one of my books as a teaching moment with one of the other girls. Mm. You know, like you don't want to get with one of the the wrong guy because it could turn out to be something completely different because that I had an aha moment with my daughter's father. I mean, the man I'm married to now is not the man who I had a teenage pregnancy with, but um and, you know, I had an aha moment, like, oh, my gosh, he was just using me. You know, I, I really didn't. It really took me to write these books to realize, oh, my gosh, this man was just using me. And I never saw that. Really, mm. Yes. Yeah, so, sometimes now. sometimes so you have I, to I kind of just um, show all my bad character flaws. And then I show what were the consequences. So, yeah, like you said, it's not glorified. It's like it's it's a warning. You know? Right, it, it's a uh, like the Bible said. You're exposing, you know, you, you're exposing the work of darkness, you know, yeah. and that's what you're supposed to do in true, true fiction. That's what you're supposed to do, you know. You're never supposed to glorify evil, you know. I'm bothered when, when I see people reading like witchcraft books and things like that, and oh, yeah. and you're not, you know, you're, even in the old stuff, you know, you're not supposed to glorify those things. You know, some people say there's a white witchcraft and there's a black witchcraft, and the Bible don't say that, you know. But people glorify the other side and means if like the other side's evil, but both are evil. So that's what you have to watch out when, you know, you got to expose it and make it what's evil, you know, what is evil, you know? There is a lot of Christians who read um, witchcraft now. Oh, that's I did uh, not realize that until I stopped writing just strictly wow. how-to Christian books and started writing fiction books. Right. I mean, that that's what's most popular. 
Well, I think what happened was, like we said earlier, the Christians were like, were taught, well, fiction is evil. So most Christians, they want to, they're starting to get into fiction now, you know, like yeah. the Left Behind series a couple of years ago. So people, Christians are starting to get back into it. But for a long time, Christians were like, no, fiction is evil. It, you know, it's, it's demonic, it's evil. And so a lot of Christians pulled away from it, kind of like back in the day when Christian parents told their, uh, their kids, be a lawyer, be a doctor, but don't be a politician. And now today we gave the White House over to demonic people now and we're suffering now because Christians say, well, that's evil going to politics. And now yeah. we're suffering because and, of that. And, goes, and I think goes, it's the same thing with the movie industry and the book industry. We handled, we actually, us Christians, we handed it over to demonic people. And, and, and now is, if we're this, reaping bad society now. This is, this is where I come to that point because I, I yeah. agree with everything you just mm-hmm. said. And right. Ms. Mack, I, I hope you agree as well. Uh, because look, all I read, I I, re- I have a mm-hmm. series that I like reading. I don't read it all the time because I have I like reading a lot of conservative books. Uh, right, Mark Levine, right. Sean Hannity, um, uh, Phil Robinson, uh-huh. uh, but also got uh, Christian books. Jimmy Swagger, Donnie Swagger. We have uh, Phil Robinson again. Mm-hmm. Or, um, I even have Candace Zowens' book I picked up. I need to read. I was going to ask so, you, do you have me get blackout? that's a story in itself because i saw it at target uh, and it said it was on sale so i picked it up i was like yeah I'm, i've been wanting this book yeah. so i went ahead and i, I broke I got to the checkout line and it was way more than what i thought it was Uh-oh. i was like well y'all say it's a sale right here and they're like oh no that's that's how much we discounted from regular price i told my wife look we can't afford it i'm not gonna get it right now well for christmas my wife got it for me Okay. But when I bought, when I got it, I opened it up and they put the cover upside down in the book. So when I opened it up, I didn't realize it was. Upside down. I said, Donna, I said, you bought it in a different language. I can't read this. Turn it upside down. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I got that and uh, I got Candace Owens' book. I need to read it and uh, I, I read a lot of stuff that educates me. Yeah. In in the me too. But but I get what uh, Brother Anthony's saying. Christians today don't use things that can win the loss. Right. Um, yeah. Same we thing always with, push into the choir. Right, right. And that's the thing. Yeah. You know, um, it, look, even even books that us Christians read, yes, it, it's, it's to ha- give us information about the Gospels, give us information about certain topics, but we shouldn't just keep that in. We should go ahead and present that out mm-hmm. or bring it into a way to where we can reach the loss with it. Yeah. And, and um, hearing you talking about your books and stuff, I think that's what you did. You went ahead and you said, look, I had bad experiences mm-hmm. and these were my consequences. That's sin. But like you said, the only thing that changed me was Jesus. Right. And that, that, that makes that makes it, you know, it shows that what you went through. God turned that. How the Bible says, God turns uh, bad things into good for the mm-hmm. glory of him. Whatever the devil yeah. made for evil, God, God can turn to, to good. good. Mm-hmm. But to be honest, I didn't know what. I didn't know that till later. Like when I first wrote the books, I was just writing them because, and I was just being obedient. Right. And then later, God kind of started showing me that because the only thing that's really stands and is true and important is, you know, leading others to Christ. Yes, that's that's and, the main focus. And, and so the God showed me these can, you know, be like the sample feeds that lead people into Christ. People who wouldn't normally pick up, they're not going to pick up a Christian book. Right, you know I mean? right. Well, the thing is, like, I noticed, like, uh, 
one when god puts something strong on your heart like you know i heard a pat my old pastor say before he died he was talking about sermons when he when he preaches sermons he said there's a million sermons he could preach but he said once no this is something like when you're preaching god just points that certain sermon he puts it strong heavily on your heart and he says that's when you know god wants you and the holy spirit wants you to preach that certain sermon so it's the same thing with me you know when i started writing i was just i was going through a lot at that time so i said you know i'm just gonna start writing and i just started writing and i can't lie to you you know uh, i was writing having fame in mind i'll be honest with you i was like i'm gonna be a bestseller you know best author you know i'll be like c.s lewis or john bunyan there's nothing wrong with that in a way but but when god when i realized you know i was looking at society around me and i saw how christians were acting and i saw the way society was going with fiction how a lot of these stories were leading people to witchcraft and to more and you know hurting you know so i realized my purpose now was like oh wow it's not about me no more it's about growing christianity it's about strengthening the believers and you know and, yeah. and getting people saved so it's amazing how you you know no matter what you are you can be a singer you can be a writer you can be whatever god called you to be as a christian you know you shouldn't be about you because we can be like anybody else because some people think well i'm a christian i wouldn't think about being selfish and giving glory to me you'd be surprised how it could happen to you that's like it could happen yeah, to a other person actually taught a lot you yes know what I mean? yes like, become a millionaire uh -huh. all that stuff is taught a lot but god has the, the book that because I, I have like i said my list of books that are, i call them my god books these are the titles god gave me and the next book that i'm writing for god is called new house and new car oh wow because that's every prophecy you know now you know a new house a new car <laughs> <laughs> and i really now that's for christians to read you know and there's a lot of this like manifestation stuff going on and so i really want to like dispel that and and it took me to come out of that because i was in that you know wow. what i'm saying and it took for me to come out of that and see that no god wants me to have his character and he said not even not even a chase after those things anyway mm -hmm. that it would be added to me if I was seeking after his kingdom. And the, the reason my my podcast is called Dropping Gems is because of, like when you said at first you were so look, Anthony, you were looking for fame and mm -hmm. bestsellers mm -hmm. and all that. And um what God showed me was when I was looking for that same type of thing, or I was I was trying to move up the ranks in business right. and mm -hmm. I was trying to acquire customers. Now not I've always been entrepreneur minded. So not with the books, but with other entrepreneur endeavors, he flat out told me, he said, the people are the gems. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. That's, That's right. what he told me. He said, the people are the gems. And so I make it stand for um, an acronym, godly entrepreneurs and marketers. Mm -hmm. But the people are the gems. Right. Because, you know, as Americans, you know, you get to this thing that, you know, we, we, we I don't know why we think that as Americans, no matter if we're Christian or non we think, well, if we have the biggest crowd or we have the the biggest book sales, we hit the New York Times bestseller. And there's nothing wrong with it in a way, but we all look for that all the time. But like my old pastor saying one time, it's not about numbers, it's quality. You know, yeah. you know, and, and you know, if you know, I heard one, uh, I heard John Bunyan say, the one who wrote Pilgrim's Progress, he said, if I can win this one soul to Christ, my whole life was accomplished. My whole life had its purpose and meaning. So sometimes, you know, you got to, you know, you got to leave the 99 sheep and go after that one sometimes, you know. Yeah. And, so. and that, that goes to the point with everything. I'm, I'm sorry, Rob, you got something or you got? 
No, I, I just, <laughs> I just, just soaking it in. He just soaking uh, it in. Yeah, he's about to say something. I'm, I'm pretty much soaking it in, but uh, I'm just uh, really, really touched by uh, your story and yeah. uh, and how God uh, is using your your uh, your tragedies and uh, showing you that uh, uh, through it all, it's like there's other other people that that could have been in similar situations. And the same yeah. way that God's leading you to him through these situations, he, uh, he can use the same books for people in similar situations. And I think Thank that's wonderful. That, I, I, I don't want to miss Isaac's point, but I don't want to forget what I want to jump off. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. When you said uh, like when you said, you know, I'm you're, you know, kind of impressed at my testimony or whatever. God opened up a door. For the University of Alabama, which you know that is a big school here. Right. You know, they yeah. um I opened up a door to be able to speak to all the social workers who have to come and take classes. Um, and then then he opened up a second door for me to be a lead speaker for the University of Alabama, where um any nonprofit who gets their funding, they had to come and hear me speak. That's amazing. Wow. And, it, and then I thought I was just speaking, and they said, Oh, and we're gonna pay you to do it too. Wow. Okay. (laughs) I was like, okay, God. All right. And so then I thought about it and then I started getting nervous because I know like schools have gotten really liberal, even though we're in the South, you know what I mean? And I'm like, oh, these people aren't going to talk about God. You know what I mean? And I said, well, you know what? If anybody asks me, I ain't going to lie. You know, if they ask me, how did you overcome? Because it's a really, you know, the story is like, my gosh, well, how did you get out of that? You know, somebody's bound to ask. And I said, "If, if they ask me, I'm going to say the truth now. If they don't ever ask me to speak again, because I, <laughs> right. I'm going to say it, you know. Well, uh, and so that's what happened. When I went and spoke, they asked, and I told them it was by the Lord. It was about mm. the word of my testimony the, and the blood of the Lamb. Uh, did, did you have people come up to you, like, after and like, hey, we, we liked it, we encouraged, you know? Did you Each have some- time. Oh, good. Because I did three three speeches all together. Mm-hmm. Like two, I was like the um, I forgot what you call it when you know people can select different classes. Oh, off uh, to the side. Um, what do they call that in the conference? Uh, select something. I forgot uh, the name of it too. I can't remember. But yeah. you're not like the like main workshops. speaker. You're just like one of these a panel? multiple topics. Huh? A panel. You're not sort a, of a panel. panel. I was by myself in a room teaching, but. Um, breakout Assume, rooms. Oh, breakout, yeah. okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. So I was just like the first, the first two days um, at the social work conference, I was in a breakout room, and then when they had me come to the third conference, I was the main thing, like where everybody sat. I didn't know that. I didn't know that's where I was going to be, though. I just thought I was going to be in a room again, <laughs> and I was where you know I had the clicker and I had the big had screen. Everything. And thank God I had made some slides by that time. And I was oh, like, yeah. <laughs> the clicker, everybody was sitting there eating to watch and listen to me. Wow. And I sold out at that one where I was the main person. I sold out of books pretty much. Wow. That's good. Yeah. And I couldn't make it. My husband, thank God he came with me because he was out there at the table because I never could make it to the table. Like after I got done giving my story, my testimony, as I was w- trying to walk to the table, one person would stop me. And then I would sign their book that they bought. They would talk to me. Another would stop. I, I never could make it to the table outside <laughs> of the room. Wow. It's funny, it's funny how God and All used... the glory goes to God. You know? yes. that's, yes. what that, that's what it's about Hallelujah. right there. 
you know, and then you take yourself out of the way, and, you know, it's not about you no more, you know, and I, and I actually heard some Christians, like, you could, t- and not to be hypocritical, but you could say, like, this is all for God's glory, but the way they act, like, hey, look at me, <laughs> you know, yeah. and that's wrong, too. God wants your full attention. He wants your full surrender to give yeah. him glory, too, you know. Got something else offer? Yeah, I, I have another thing. So um, okay. I, I think it's great how um, from from where you've come to to where you're going, you definitely have uh, humility, and that's one of the the key ingredients to the Christian lifestyle. Is you have to be humble and know that it's not it's not your own strength, but it's the strength mm-hmm. that you've been given, and it, it's a it's the free gift, it's uh, the mercy and grace. And um, I, I'd wanted to say something else about uh, how you chose to speak. So you uh, you said uh, that if anybody asked, you would tell them that that it's just the grace of God. You you would be honest. And uh, I, I've heard somebody say that whenever you have an opportunity to speak in front of people, the best outcome you can ever have is speaking the truth in the service of love. And I think that's exactly what you did, and and that's how that's why it had so much impact on others. Thank you. God has been dealing with me about humility, but I don't want to put any like false airs on. When I when I say bestseller, Amazon has categories, and then they have subcategories. Like so, I'm not like a bestseller top 100 on Amazon. I'm a bestseller in my small categories like, <laughs> rich and yeah. famous over here <laughs> <laughs> that's all right me though <laughs> no, the thing is you just gotta do the best with what yeah. you got yeah yeah but, but in this shows some though because and this happened with this podcast too when we decided to do it because this wasn't supposed to be a, a biblical podcast it was supposed to be a political podcast and okay. god god pricked into our hearts to go ahead and just say look it's biblical Talk about mm-hmm. God's word. Souls are more important than political. And God did open the door yeah. later on for me to open up another podcast where all I talk about is politics. But the Lord showed me. And look, I, you know the gospel when you get saved. But when the gospel is really revealed to you, it's like a ton of bricks hitting you at one time. Mm-hmm. And I remember that happening. That's when God let me go somewhere else and to do another podcast. But we didn't think this podcast would be where it is today. We didn't think Mm-mm. that God would use this podcast in a way that it has been. And we've had people come up to us, tell us the same thing, Miss Mac. Hey, we, you know, we're encouraged, we're blessed. And all we're doing is just speaking God's word and giving him glory. And God gives you opportunities when you submit yourself to him and humble yourself in front of him. And it's funny how when you do that, everything works out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, just, you just say, Lord, I give myself to you. Let your spirit use me. And it works out to the to the good. Yeah. And, and the reason why I think your book will do well in a way, because there's so much people, um, there's so much people hurting today, mostly as America turns away from God as a society. I mean, God always have his remit. God always will have his Christians and people. But as we, as a society, we're turning more atheistic. You know, we're coming more like Russia and China. I hate to feel that way. And so the more hurting people will have, the more forsaken God, the more families will suffer. So I think that... Somebody's seeking yeah. the truth somewhere. Right, exactly. And so it's true. In a few more years, yeah, you'd be surprised how much people are going to need it, you know. But people are hurting out there and they need it and they're searching for something 
that they know that they didn't have it in their in their in their families or have it in their society you know because yeah. a lot of it people it's kind of heartbreaking to see yeah our yeah that's right well miss mac we only got about five to ten more minutes left and i want to go ahead and open the floor up to you uh tell people where they can find you tell them tell them where they can find your podcast and if you want to go ahead and give an encouraging word or just you know let our audience know who is uh how do you say it? la la mica La, no, La Monique. La, La Monique. Monique. <laughs> uh, see, I told you I was going to butcher it. La Monique, Mac, let's say who, uh, who you are and, and, and what your goals for the okay. future. All right. Well, um, you can find me on my website, www.authorlamoniquemac.com. Uh, my books are on Amazon. Um, the number one book in this series is called Poor Little Mixed Girl. Mm-hmm. And they're also on Books a Million, barnesandnoble.com and walmart.com um and you can find me on social media i'm on tiktok as author lamonique mac i'm also on facebook as author lamonique mac and you can follow my personal page as well and instagram is author lamonique mac and um what do i don't know my goals for the future is to continue to help others get get their books out of their heart but i take the i take the clients who god brings to me you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's some people who they have a story. They technology is not is just not their thing, or they're working. Whatever it is, if it's stopping them from getting their story, I want to help them. Now I can help them in a number of ways. I have um, a YouTube, which is Author Lamonic Mac, where I talk about how to do things. I have a podcast, and that is called Dropping Gems, G E M S, and that is on. Um, most places where podcasts are number one, it's on Apple's iTunes. It's on uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and I'm just on there teaching you. So if you if you're a person who can be taught and and just go with it, then you can just get the free information and just go with it. Um, I do have a magazine coming out called um, Gems, Godly Entrepreneurs and Marketers. Make sure you type in godly entrepreneurs and marketers because there's another gems magazine and you don't want to run into that <laughs> okay <laughs> that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> yeah. that's not so too question there right now is on pre-order for 99 cent and so that we just go a little deeper than we do on the podcast and i try to get people to come and t- say things that are not commonly taught you know like how to get your books into airports how to get your books into bookstores mm-hmm. um you know, things like doing your elevator pitch for your book, do how to do book tours, you know, things that are not always, you know, taught in the open. Mm. So okay. um, I've got a lot of stuff to do and I'm just really letting God lead me on how to do it as well as I have a ministry, ubiquitous ministries. God gave me that word ubiquitous because mm. I didn't even know what it meant. <laughs> <laughs> you had to look it up in the dictionary. Ubiquitous, I had to look it up Definitely came from him. all the time at the same time. So I'm writing his books as well. Um, and I just want people to know who I am. I'm an overcomer by the blood of the um by the blood of Jesus and the word of my testimony. And Amen. I'm an excellent example. No matter what they said about you, if they said you couldn't be nothing, you know, every curse that you could imagine spoken over a girl child was spoken over me. And I rebuke that in the name of Jesus, and I'm who he called me to be. And not it's not just bragging on me, I'm bragging on God because you can be too. 
You know, if other people told you, you can't be anything, you came from the worst part of town, you came from the foster care system, whatever, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. who don't have to be what the statistics said, because Jesus knitted you in your mother's womb, and he had a plan and a purpose and talents for you to live out your life. Mm Oh, good man. Good. good way to end the podcast. That, that's, that's good. So, that's Miss good. Mac, we want to thank you for coming on, brothers. Just searching. Uh, let us know when your next book is out. We're probably going to get you back on to promote your book a little bit. Uh, yeah, we for we sure. love we love um, promoting our fellow brothers and Christian Christian brothers and sisters in the Lord and their material to edify the body of Jesus Christ. Thank you. I'm honored. Thank you all. So I, hope, yeah. I hope you had fun with some with three Cajun boys in the South. <laughs> For sure, I so, did. So, so now before you go, because so everybody, I, I don't know. I'm surprised y'all didn't bring this up to me. Uh-huh. But Bowen's not here. If you ever in Louisiana, yeah, shoot us a text, <laughs> and we're gonna go ahead and bring you to one of the best Cajun restaurants mm-hmm. okay. in the South. I offer that to everybody. So uh, I hope y'all y'all don't come at the same time. <laughs> we'll get in trouble. But. Uh, <laughs> But if you want some good Cajun cooking, or if you want a nice gumbo or something, let us know. We're gonna okay. get we're gonna hook you up with some good Cajun cooking. So good seafood or something like that. For sure. What, now, what's the name of that? What's the best restaurant in the South? Uh, well, they got man, a lot. There's a lot. Of <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. There's, there's a, plenty. Well, we have where we live at, or where our surrounding area is. There's a, a place called Crawfish Town, USA. That's a good okay. one. Okay. Yeah. And that is by far one of the best Cajun restaurants, in my humble opinion, around here. But I, I can't say much, Boog, because yeah. Mama cooks a good meal. Yeah, we, we can cook it at home. Yeah, we so. can cook. We can ball crawfish. We we all know how to do yeah. that. Oh here, yeah. So. so it'd be cheaper anyway. And you, uh, you said you're in Alabama, right? I'm in Alabama. Yeah, there's a lot of food, uh, restaurants here compared to Michigan. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, you can't. You can't. Nobody can cook like the South can. Yeah. Yeah. So. We didn't even have a Chick Fil A back home. <laughs> oh, no. oh. oh God, help y'all! <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's bad. Yeah. Well, Chick. Yeah. Well, I hate to say, you know, them them Northerners they don't like our they don't like sudden cooking like Chick Fil A. I'm just. Yeah. Saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's Miss Mac. We want to thank you for coming on and uh, like again, keep us updated with the books. We'll uh, we'll like to promote your sure. stuff if you don't mind. I can't wait to see this podcast and share it as well. Oh, Amen. Appreciate we, it. Yeah. yeah appreciate Every it. help helps. Trust me. Every little bit helps. Yes. 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 We, we loved hearing from you and then talking with you. Lamani. Yeah. Hope everything goes I good. you guys as well. All right. All right, well, guys. That you. was uh, how you say her name again. I'm sorry. Lamuni. Lamuni. Mac. Uh, hey, that, that, that beautiful I have a name. Who, who's been with me for a year and she can't say my name. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, oh, we can call you Dominic. No. That's no. my daughter's name. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. oh, okay. <laughs> Dominic one, Dominic two. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody, go ahead and check out Miss Mac's uh, books. Oh, let me put website. it up here one time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Mitchell's book one in the series. Bestseller, okay. so uh, okay. you might as well check it out. It's uh, it sounds like Thank it's a good read. I guess we're gonna have to go pick up some copies. Yep, yep. Help out oh, our yeah. friend out. Yeah. But, uh, but everybody, well, guys, that was a good, uh, mm-hmm. good topic for tonight, and uh, we want to thank Miss Mac again for coming on. It was a real blessing. Um, until next week, guys, be blessed, be encouraged. Remember, Jesus Christ is on, coming back, and He's sitting on the throne. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, reach out to His brother, just searching podcast dot, uh, at gmail.com or reach out to us on Facebook, brothers, just searching, mm-hmm. and we will tell you how to make heaven your eternal home. So, until next week, be blessed and be encouraged. Bye bye.